My name is Liza Casabona, and I'm the managing editor of Retail Dive. I work with a group of passionate reporters and editors that won't shut up about the industry, so I decided to give them a podcast. Here's what we can't stop discussing and debating. Here's where we talk about the news outside of our reporting. Welcome to Retail's Backroom. But first, a word from our sponsor. Email marketing alone just isn't enough anymore. Shoppers are looking for a more personalized experience that goes beyond what any single channel can do. Luckily, there's OmniSend to help unify your channels under one roof. With OmniSend, you can finally graduate from a channel-centric approach to a customer-centric strategy. Keep your customers' data centralized in one place and create automated messages that adapt to your customers' purchase journey. Join thousands of other high-growth e-commerce marketers that upgraded to OmniSend from their generic email marketing tools and engage your customers with relevant messages across all their preferred channels. Hello and welcome to The Back Room with Retail Dive. Today we're talking about China and tariffs. I will be your moderator. My name is Karen. I'm an editor at Retail Dive. And with me today are... Shafali Kapadia. I am the senior editor of Supply Chain Dive. And Ben Unglesby, I'm a reporter of Retail Dive. What's going on with tariffs is a very long and interesting story over the past few months. Shafali, can you kind of give us an overview of where we are right this second? Definitely. So right now we've got four lists of tariffs that are happening. And the percentages on these have changed pretty consistently over the last year or so. Um, But we've got three lists that totals $250 billion worth of goods. And those are supposed to be increasing, uh, was supposed to be August, or excuse me, October 1st. Now it's October 15th. So we'll see if there's any changes that end up happening with that list. But essentially, it's always in flux of what exactly is the percent, what's the amount, and what are the goods that are, are facing tariffs. But where we stand right now, pretty much every single good that's being imported into the U.S. from China with the exception of a couple things here and there, but for the most part, face some sort of tariff. It's just a matter of what's the percentage. And one thing we wanted to discuss today is the reporting behind what's going on with tariffs, because it's been really frustrating and quite the adventure behind the scenes. Ben, can you tell us a little bit about what happened with you and your reporting? Because you had an entire story written that you had to throw out because something changed. Can you tell us a little bit about what happened? Yeah, sure. So uh, earlier in the summer, we decided that um, a lot of the new tariff announcements had sort of hit a threshold where it was it was time to write about it. We don't write as much about trade policy as supply chain dive does necessarily because it's not uh, it's not typically top of our readership's mind. Um, but it, with the uh, with the announcements of the fourth tranche, so to speak, tariffs that were going to hit a, a broad broad swath of products, and and at the time they're talking, we we're talking about twenty five percent, so a huge tariff on a lot of products. Uh, so we decided it's time to write something, and I had a story basically written. <laughs> I mean, finished. I I had talked to analysts. I had talked to trade associations. The story was written, and I was maybe like a few paragraphs away from finishing it. I was going to file it in a couple of days, and then it all ended with a tweet, basically. The the tariffs, I I think, Shafali, jump in if I'm wrong. I think that they were dropped temporarily on possible trade talks, Um, and so we just kind of shelved it. 
and we weren't sure what to to tweak it to say you know to tweak it in any way would have i would have had to re-report the entire story because it was all about um how retailers were going to be affected by this specific set of of tariffs um so we just shelved it and waited to see what happened and then more weeks passed and there was another tweet and we're back on and i basically got to publish the same story with some tweaks um, and then as we're going through all that process, you just kind of realize like, this is a metaphor. If we are having this trouble trying to plan journalism coverage around tariffs, which doesn't require any kind of direct monetary investment, think about the, think about how chaotic it is for retailers trying to make business investments around, around tariffs when the entire landscape can change in a tweet in an instant, basically. And, and Chifali, I think you had a similar experience. We did on Supply Chain Dive, and this one actually wasn't even related to U.S.-China tweets. It was about Mexico. And so we had this entire piece. There's four of us on the Supply Chain Dive team, and we actually had a quadruple bylined article ready to go on Mexico tariffs, what it means, different industries, the impact, all of it. You know, really great article, to be honest. And like you said, Ben, the exact same thing. Everything changes in a tweet. So one tweet happens, Mexico tariffs are canceled, our entire article becomes irrelevant. So it, it's like you said, it's this crazy situation where it's just impossible to plan for something like this from a reporting standpoint. And when you think about from a business perspective, certainly even harder to plan because we can write things in a matter of, you know, an hour or two hours. But if you're a business, you can't change your whole operation and your supply chain in an hour, let alone like a week or a month or even a couple of months. I remember I was passing by your managing editor, Shafali, one Friday evening, and he was here late. And I said, what are you doing here? And he said, there was another tweet. I was like, oh, my goodness. Uh, can you talk about personally how that's changed your reporting, too? So for some reason, the president seems to have this nice habit of tweeting outside of business working hours, which is just wonderful. So it's typically, you know, a Sunday night, a Friday night, sometimes it's a Thursday. It's usually a time where all you want to do is sit down and have a glass of wine on the couch. And you can't because there's a tweet and you have to write about it because it's really, really important for our readers who import a ton of stuff from China to know what's happening here. So it, it's certainly been uh, one of those things where anytime my phone lights up, I get a little bit of anxiety about, oh no, is this a Trump tweet or is this a Wall Street Journal news alert telling me that tariffs are happening? I think the last one, I was at a yoga class and I was all nice and zen and feeling great. And then I look at my phone and here we go. Trump is tweeted. So let me run home and write about it. Uh, so it, it's been fun from a personal perspective, to say the least. So ultimately, what does this mean both for retail and supply chain? Ben, can you tell me a little bit about what you're seeing on the horizon for retailers specifically with all of these changes? Sure, yeah. Well, I think with retail broadly, th there's a few different ways they can manage the tariffs, and it depends a lot on the products they sell, what their sort of sourcing makeup is, and their their size and scale as a, as a retailer. Broadly, you kind of face the decision of, okay, how much of this tariff 
am I going to pass on to the consumer as a price increase? How much am I going to eat out of my own margins? And how much can I get my suppliers to eat? So it's kind of being shared, you know, through those three main parties involved, while also like looking at tweaks you can make to your products to sort of change your tariff makeup. Um, and can you move production to, to another country? And I think the bigger, I mean, the bigger the retailer, the more leverage you're going to have over your suppliers. And we, we saw that with Target uh, Supply Chain Dive reported that Target was basically asking their suppliers to, to eat all of the tariff. And you can probably talk more about that, Shafali, if you want. But, uh, but I think even as they're trying to manage the tariffs, everyone is trying to move as much sourcing as they can out of China. Uh, but that's hard. For, for a lot of people, the, where they're going, um, you know, places like Vietnam, Cambodia, they don't have the capacity to take everybody, you know, take everybody else's supplies and manufacturing. And, uh, you know, moving them has a cost and the destination countries don't have necessarily the same skill sets. Uh, you know, I talked with someone in the, the bridal gown industry and he said China has been making, you know, silk for thousands of years. Like they are good at it and they're good at making wedding dresses and it's a very specific way to build a factory and a skill set that the other that other countries don't have. So he doesn't have anywhere else. You know, the, those those retailers and those brands don't have anywhere else to go. Um, they're kind of stuck with China for now. Um, and other people have said that it's, you know, it's a potential issue with counterfeits, um, cause you know, counterfeits typically come, um, by individual parcel instead of on cargo. So they don't get tariffs necessarily and they're counterfeits. They're not necessarily, <laughs> they can price low anyway. Um, so everyone's kind of trying to manage, uh, manage the chaos, um, and yeah, it, it, a lot of it just comes down to what's, what's your leverage with suppliers, what, and what can you do to, to avoid the tariff if, if you can. But when that, when we were talking about 25% tariff on tranche four, I mean, there was widespread consensus that there was going to be some price increases on consumers that there's just no way around it. And Shafali, what are you saying with supply chain? What does it mean? So I'd reiterate a lot of the things Ben said about, especially when we look at things like retail supply chains. And another important thing to think about is when a retailer or any business sees, okay, tariffs are coming in two weeks. Well, they start reacting, or maybe it's six weeks out. And they think, how can we start bringing in all of these goods before the tariffs take effect? So there's been this big rush a lot of times whenever there's an announcement of tariffs and you've got a four to six week window, which is pretty much the perfect amount of time to ship something from China over to the West Coast ports. And you see this huge rush of the ports are getting more stuff coming in. And then the warehouses that are associated with that are having more inventory. And then that means more inventory on the balance sheet for the retailers. So it's kind of this cost aspect of how do you balance the idea of bringing in more goods and not facing the tariffs versus all the adjustments you have to make to your supply chain in order to make all of that happen. And, and I would say, too, on the export side, you know, a lot of times we talk about the, the U.S. tariffs on China, but there's just as much with the Chinese tariffs in retaliation on the U.S., 
And so if we think about agriculture is a huge export from the U.S. to China, and a lot of the farmers in this country have just not seen as much demand or a lot of depressed demand as well as prices for their goods. So if we think about supply chains going the other way, there's huge impacts to that as well. Going forward, do you have any thoughts or predictions about where we're headed or what's going to happen? Well, I'm especially curious to see how this affects distressed retailers specifically, since so many retailers are already suffering from, especially specialty retailers, they're they're under extreme price pressure already, and their margins are hurting from, from discounting. Um, they don't have any capacity to really eat a tariff uh, the way other retailers might. Um, and so if if they're in a position where they can't keep their prices underneath other bigger retailers who have you know more power to to negotiate with their with their suppliers or or other ways to kind of dodge uh, dodge tariffs or keep them from from going into to the price on on the front end distressed retailers who are already struggling could have an even much harder time how about you shivali any final thoughts on what you see on the horizon So I think when it comes to sourcing, it'll be interesting to look at, like Ben was talking about earlier, some of those shifts out of China and to countries like Vietnam or other places in Southeast Asia. And we're seeing that a little bit, but it's a question of can they build up the infrastructure and the capacity? And is that going to increase if these countries continue to get uh, more manufacturing in those places? And I think, you know, timing to know is certainly the 2020 election is coming up and that could definitely have a role in a lot of the politics of this. We could see it accelerate if that's a platform that wants to be pushed or we could see it kind of calm down. So it really could go either way. Um, but I do think that that election cycle coming up will have some sort of impact on how the strategy all plays out. Thank you, guys. Thank you for joining us today on The Back Room. Thanks, Trevally. Thanks, Ben. 